Hey everybody, how's it going? I hope you've had a great, albeit very different Christmas this year and are already looking forward to 2021 and all that God has planned for us. I love Christmas, I love everything about Christmas. I even love the cheesy Hallmark films that fill Netflix around this time of year. But so much of what we see of Christmas is so far from what it originally would have been like. I remember when we lived in Colombia, uh, many of the families would set up nativity scenes in their living room and these would be huge. They'd take up a huge portion of their living room and there'd be all of the usual suspects. There would be the shepherds, there would be baby Jesus whose statue was disproportionate proportionately larger than the others. And then to the side, you would have these kings. They would be very politically correct looking. There'd be one that would look very Far Eastern, another of African descent, and one very European looking like they've just stepped off of the set of Lord of the Rings. And they were to represent what the Bible calls in Matthew chapter two, the Magi. But of course, magi, this word in Greek, magus, was anything but a king. And we either see them as kings or wise men, but these guys, they were sorcerers. Magus is where we get the word magician from. But this was no pen and teller. These guys were guys that were used to telling the future by reading the entrails of animals or by looking at the zodiac. And God had revealed himself to these stargazers in a language that they would understand. And we read their story in Matthew chapter two, and I'd really encourage you to go there and check it out in your own time. But they follow this star. They know that an important ruler is going to be born. And so they go to where you would expect a ruler to be born, and they wind up in Herod's palace. And Herod and his cronies are disturbed by this news. And so he gathers together the, the erudite scholars of the land, those in, in charge of theology and of learning. And yes, they say, of course, we know where the Messiah is going to be born. We even know the timeline of when about he's going to be born. And yet they were doing nothing with the knowledge that they had. Because, you know, it's not what we know, it's what we do with what we know that is important. We are changed and transformed, not by the word of God that we simply hear and absorb, but by what we put into action in our lives. And so they show up at the house of Jesus. Jesus, probably a toddler by this stage, and they come with these three amazing gifts, gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And I picture this scene and Jesus receiving these gifts. And I remember as a kid being in nativities and knowing full well what gold was, but having no idea what frankincense or myrrh were. Even as a little kid, I knew the value of gold. And today we're looking at the light of the gold and the treasure that is so often hidden in places where we least expect to find it. I remember as a kid having fool's gold. Uh, it's known as pyrite. It's iron and sulfur mixed together. And it looks like gold. It looks sparkly. It looks beautiful. Uh, but it's not gold. I remember thinking as a kid, I'm going to show off to my friends. They're going to think I'm the wealthiest kid in the world. I can buy as many Nintendo games as I could ever want. But of course, you know, I know that that gold was worthless, wasn't able to really do anything. 
We so often want the quick fix. We want something that isn't going to require process. We want something that is valuable, but we're not willing to go through the steps to be able to really get what is most valuable to us. Mankind's had a love affair with gold from going way back. Most scholars believe somewhere between 3,000, 6,000 years ago when the first Mesopotamian Syrians and Egyptians would pan for gold and they get gold particles out from the riverbed and then it adapted to blast furnaces where the gold would be refined under intense pressure and fire and you know you know what ha- what happened the 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 impurities and the scum would rise to the surface it would be swept away and that process would begin and go over again until that gold was pure in fact the refiner would know that it was pure because they would look into the gold and they would be able to see their own reflection. And I believe that our fascination with gold is that there is something within us that longs for the pure. It is a chemical element. Now, I'm not a scientist nor a son of a scientist, but I know that that means that it's not able to be broken down any further through chemical means. And there's something within us that longs for the pure, longs for the unadulterated, longs for something that is reflective of the divine. The word for holy in Hebrew, kadosh, means separate pure, set apart. And and Ecclesiastes, the book that we've been studying so much uh, over the last season, talks about how God places eternity in our hearts, how we are longing, we are searching, we are seeking. But the great tragedy is that we so often are willing to settle for the fool's gold instead of for pure gold. Because pure gold takes process, and let's face it, it takes pain. This year has not been an easy year. This year has been full of grief. It's been full of heartache. Not to mention the extremely difficult situations for our friends in the majority world where COVID-19 has accentuated all of the issues that they were already facing. It's not been easy. We cannot colour it up and suggest that it's been anything else. But I believe that God has been present and as a refiner has been working in your life and in my life during this time. He has been causing things to come to the surface for us personally, for us even nationally within our, within our psyche as a nation. Why not to shame us? But because God wants to deal with those things. He wants to deal with them so that we can reflect him to the world that so desperately needs to see. Well, the Bible talks about God being like a potter and us like clay. It talks about us being living stones and God being a builder. It talks about us being gold that needs to be refined. And the fascinating thing about all of those things is that clay cannot form itself into a vase and stones cannot form themselves into a building and gold can certainly not purify itself. All of those things have to submit into the hands of an artisan that can take it further. I believe as we step into 2021, God is asking us to surrender who we are. Surrender doesn't come naturally to us, but it's absolutely essential if we want to see the treasure that God has placed in you, in me, that God has placed within our community, that God has placed within our hands. If we want to see that come about, we are going to have to lay some things down and give them into the hands of the great artisan. 
So my question is, as you step back and as you look at 2020, where can you see gold? Where can you see that process that God has taken you on? Where can you hear God has spoken to you in your own language, like he spoke to those magi in a language that they would understand? And how can you take that into 2021? which I believe is going to be an amazing year where we are going to spread and share God's light like never before. So let me be one of the first to wish you a very happy 2021 and may God bless you as we go into the next steps of this adventure that he calls you and I into. God bless.